Clickstaff. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Clickstaff. Once again, I'm here with Dave, Lotus Guard. Hey. Uh, i got Jason with me again, Lives by the Sword. What's going on, everybody? And we are joined by our special guest, two-time consecutive rock champion here, Easton Brock. What's going on, sir? Hello. Uh, Alright, so... So first and foremost, uh, congrats on two consecutive Super Q wins. That's not very well heard of unless your name's Patrick. Thank you. All right, and then uh, for those people like me who don't physically read the Rock Reports, what was your winning team? Um, it was the Ellie Starfire, Cory Onder, um, 100 points. Uh, Ophidian and the Greed Relic were attached to her. Uh, and then also playing Greed with the Omega Drive and Ion. Then I had Atomica and an Orange Battery that summed up like 40 points. And then I had the triathlon ID card at the Big Bang Drive. Oh, so that was the only difference between the two? Right. Alright, now, is this, this isn't the team you're going to play at Worlds, is it? Uh, it's undecided. Okay, alright. Because I know Jake Williams thinks he's coming for you, bro. Oh, dude. Oh, dude, I'm, com- I'm coming for him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going. That's, that's funny, because we were talking about uh, Jake in the Midwest Rock Facebook group one time. And he was talking about how awesome he was until I dropped your name, and then he just stopped talking. What if one of them It was so funny. What if I don't know what he's running, because he says it's like a counter to my team, but I just can't think of a huge counter. I mean, somebody else was like, yeah, I thought I had a counter too until I played him and got destroyed. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've I played Eason's team, and I don't see any, uh, there's no obvious counter to what yeah, it does. Not, there's no hey, let's, obvious counter. Let's be honest, David's team, my team is the silver bullet for David's team. <laughs> like, there's nothing David can especially if I went that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, my team is completely awesome, but against Easton's team, it's just like... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, yeah. the only choices I had when I played Easton were go balls to the wall, try to get to the other side of the map before I couldn't move anymore. <laughs> or just let him freaking use a shooting gallery and just start picking my dudes off one at a time. Yeah, so. Well, I've known Dave long enough to know which option he wanted. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, sir. Exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, so out of these last two rocks, what's the toughest battle you had to overcome then? Um, let's see, well, the first rock was, I don't know, there was a lot, I guess there was more competition, and a little bit higher level competition, actually, big thing. Um, my closest game was probably in actually Swiss in the big thing, and I played a green battery, um, with Banshee, and was it Tomar 2 and Atomica? Mm-hmm. Green battery, it it hurts my team. It just doesn't all the way hurt my team. Right. So it was tough, and I think I, I think I uh, came down to like points. Like the only time, the only game I've played with this team thus far has been ten times. Okay. And I killed a banshee, and he killed three. So it was like a hundred thirty something to hundred. <laughs> all right, that was close, man. All right, so what do you think about people who wear socks with sandals? Uh, well, you know, I think it's their call. Like, there's, there's chacos and socks. A lot of right. wearing that yeah, I don't know, it throws me off a little bit. I, <laughs> I get that. It's a little weird. Alright, uh, in these last two rocks, what's the most creative team you've seen? Uh, um, it's gotta be the Captain America and Hulk starter set with the battery. Last, or, uh, in Birmingham. Okay. David. How did that do? <laughs> Finish top four. Really? Damn. I haven't got to look at those yet, so I don't know what they do, but... Well, this, this Captain America, he can, like, make close common attacks anywhere within six squares. Ooh. 
Hello, book. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and I didn't mean to say it. Go better. He had to go. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's brutal. Yeah, Quakes so for days, baby. Quaking. Quaking. So cool. <laughs> Suck it, Shuma. <laughs> <laughs> Giant octopus only gets four things. I'm Captain <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so out of these last two rocks, which one would you say was your overall favorite? Uh, Big Bang, probably. Just because, you know, I've been here before and we've got a lot of friends in Kentucky. And you just, I don't know, it's a competitive environment, but it's also a really, really friendly environment. Kentucky's a hell of a state. Alrighty. We, we got try. bourbon. We do. Good at it. <laughs> Good at bourbon and horse racing, and that's pretty much it. Alright, uh, would you rather wrestle an alligator or judge a pants off dance off between me and Dave? <laughs> Probably go with the alligator. <laughs> Alligators 3 0, baby. Yeah, right? Uh, Alright, so what was your favorite matchup that you had to play at the box? Um, I, I like the finals match of Big Bang just because it was just a back and forth battle of you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. And the thing was, like, he was rolling a lot of those D20s, and so there's a lot, a few times that came up on basically like a total outsider's effect for my team, which Lock all my values, which I was totally cool with. Because I do that anyways. Right. So, probably that final match. Plus, because I was a team, I had no great playing. Uh, I don't think anybody did. From what I'm hearing, everybody was like, this makes sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so your dad is pretty famous in the rock world. He's a really good player. He's been top 10 as long as I've known so, him. So, what goes through your head when you go to a rock and you have to play against your dad in Swiss and top 16 tennis? Well, we played in Birmingham. But we were both three and zero at the time, so it was not that big of a deal. See, I played David and my dad, who were three and zero, so it was like we already knew we qualified. Right. <laughs> besides that, we just say, well, I mean, we don't hold anything back against each other, that's for sure. I mean, if I win, I'm obviously like grounded for a couple weeks. So. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, we don't like it, but you know, we gotta gotta throw all that aside because it's fair. We can't. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things I ask, because when, when Rock first started, I I started at the very first Rock they had in Cohen. And I think, like, the first four Rocks I went to, I played Jason in the first round. And at a certain point, every time I sit down with Jason at a Rock, the only thing in my head is like, fuck! Again? Yeah, I can't stand playing against your local guys first, second round. Well, the problem is, like, I've beaten Jason. I've been playing Jason for five years now. And I may have beaten him, like, 11 times. Maybe. So, it's, like, stressful when I'm in a competitive environment. I know i got to go get a, a free loss. But, yeah, I don't... <laughs> what are you laughing at? Like, I'm not telling you. It's not free. You still got to roll. I can... If, if the roll... If the game comes down to me having to roll a five to beat you, you got it. <laughs> oh, man. For those who don't know, Jason needed a five to get <laughs> higher ranked in the Big Bang Rock and just couldn't make that shit happen. But it's not, it's oh, not was, the first time. I was sitting, I was sitting right time. beside him. And he's like, dude, I just, I can't do it. <laughs> he's like, post wave, I five, four, Merry Christmas, I'm probably four, god damn it. I looked over, and Super Scroll sitting there with like five food tokens, so post wave was his only ticket to win. And I was like, God, <laughs> just uh, if, he hit a, if he hit Super Scroll regular, he was basically healing with all those food tokens. Yeah. All right, he says, so, oh, go ahead. I was, saying, I was just waiting because he was hitting me, but he wasn't killing it for me. I was like, eventually, because he was just, he was picking four powers every turn, 
the Super Scrolls, so he was taking that extra click every turn. So I was like, eventually he's going to be on his last click, and then I'm going to kill him. And I had my chance, just couldn't roll it. It happened sometimes against Super Scroll. Against Super Scroll. It happens against a lot of people. <laughs> what happened the same the same scenario happened when I played Glenn at the regionals. He he also played Super Scroll and I needed a five to kill him. And I rolled crit miss. And that's why you always want your probs on your teams. <laughs> yeah, that's why when, when Jason's helping people build teams, he's obsessed with putting probs on there. Like you need as many probs as possible. You got eight props? Oh, awesome. <laughs> What's the piece that you see at Rock so much that you just fucking it's funny because I blame Glenn one hundred percent for the Super Scroll. Oh, and he beat me in the, the Indianapolis Regional in the finals. Mm-hmm. And so, like that adds to it, kind of fuels the fire, right? Yeah, I. It's funny because Glenn is like my secondary mentor in clicks. He's the other person I talk to about teams all the time, and I blame him one hundred percent for the Super Scroll stuff. Nobody was playing Super Scroll before Glenn went in there and won his very first rock attempt ever. I think the new, I think the new feature was going to hate the Felix Foss. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, Justin debuted it and placed second, and now it's the piece that everybody's going to have to have. You have to have it. You have to. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But first. All right, so one more question for you. We got two big conventions coming up. We got Origins, which is you're at the Clicks Worlds, and then Gen Con happens right after that. So. You've been to both numerous times. I've seen you at both of them. Which one is worse? The Origins butt crack or the Gen Con body? Um, well, I haven't been either in three or four years at least. But uh, when I was there, I don't know. I probably have to go with the body of it. There's a lot more people at Gen Con than there are at Origins. Yeah, and they close you in the tight space, and you have all like the magic guys at the other side of the room. And, oh, man. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. <laughs> One year they didn't have the air conditioning really for oh, that one. So it was like a soft. I went home. Say you know what? Fuck worlds. I don't even want to win. I just want to go home and take a shower. Alright, guys. So the first thing I want to touch on, we were gonna do this a couple weeks ago, and then uh, Jay had his scheduling conflict, so we couldn't we couldn't do this that show do it at that time. But uh, I want to cover sportsmanship and behavior in in clicks and how it's developed up to this point. Because when I joined clicks, it was 100% purely positive. And for the most part, that's still true. But Jason ran into some issues with some, some insulting stuff going on in the realms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. forgot about that. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we were going to do this in the last episode, but it was still fresh and you were really pissed. <laughs> We'd have, uh, so what, what was exactly going on cause all this to come up? Um, I, I don't remember exactly what the thread was about. I remember. I, I, I remember it was something about, like, people were coming up with uh, these team ideas to, to take down, um, what was they, what were they trying to take down? Oh, Blue. It was the bloody oh, news thread? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, look, you don't need to, like, go out of your way to make uh-huh. a team specifically to beat another team. If you just make a well-rounded team, you should be good against everything. I remember this. I got it on this too. Yeah, and I was like, I mean, you don't have to like try to like uh, counter counter build. You know, just it you what you just make a team. You have a good amount good amount of support versus a good amount of attackers versus <clears throat> a good amount of resources, and you should be good. But for whatever reason, everybody thought that I was like trying to uh, I don't know belittle them or talk big and bad. I, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. Honestly, you guys have any ideas? 
uh, now, I know that one dude was like, this is some shit about, oh, you're so smart with all your clicks knowledge, why don't you tell us what a well-balanced team is? I was like, dude, calm down. <laughs> it's not be that bad. Oh, man. But, yeah, there was a lot of insults slinging going back and forth. And, uh, I mean, hmm? I think it's just dumb to sit there and, like, why why hypothesize about what you would do against a team you may never, and why build, like, there was not a single bang rock. Not a single one. Oh. Nope, sure wasn't. Not a Birmingham. Like, with a different, like a battery. What's up? Not a Birmingham either. Yeah, and I mean, it was just, you know, like, people have tried to play with the battery, and I think there may have been one at Big Bang with the battery, and it's just not the same. It's gotta have the book to have the attack power to actually hit people. But, and like, the thing is, it. yeah, and if, if you sit there and you freaking build just to fight dude and gluttony, you're gonna lose the other stuff. And if you sit there, you know, and build Duke and Gluttony, a well-balanced team can beat it. I mean, we've playtested it here locally, and I mean, it's a really good team. I'm not going to say that it's not, but it's, it's beatable. It's just everybody's wanting to run, like, a tentpole with an entity and, like, a support fit. And you're not going to beat freaking Duke and Gluttony in a tag team match. It's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's going to be slug out and you can die. Exactly. These guys are the road warriors, and you're freaking two, you know, little dwarves that walk into the ring. <laughs> it's like the road warriors, you're like, you're like Billy Kidman and, well, what's his name? Uh, Brian Kendrick. Billy Kidman and Brian Kendrick. Yeah, and you just walk in there, and then they freaking put you in the doomsday device, and it's game over, dude. Yeah. But, I mean, a well-balanced team with multiple, like, even your support pieces can be decent attackers. Things like that. I mean, that can win. Yeah, that's why I used to love the uh, 50 point Enchantress. Because she had prob, but she also had a 10 attack, 3 damage with TK. And Psyblast. Yeah. I, I thought she had Psyblast. She had a uh, second push guy. What's up? I was definitely a Scarlet Witch guy. But I mean, it's, it's, it's just ridiculous because it's like, you know, everybody's like building these teams, and I'm just like, you're not going to beat that with two pieces. No. They, they can't get beat in a tag team match. It's like Jason has told me over and over. And typically when it comes to clicks, I trust what Jason says because he beats the shit out of me every time he does. But he said that clicks is evolved, and the most important resource in the game right now is actions. And whoever has the most actions is going to win. I mean, yeah, I could sort of agree with that. As long as there's good pieces that are getting the actions. Yeah, of course. But I mean, like, you know, if, if you got, you know, it's like why one-man armies, other than, like, Bizarro, like, didn't typically fare very well whenever, you know, because if they played uh, like a book of the skull team with multiple attackers, they just got eight up. Yeah, pretty straight. Why green battery's so good right now? Exactly. Actions. <laughs> and uh, I was telling you know uh, Drew and Jason, I was like you know I kept saying and I told Jason this. I equivalented the zombie team base. You know it, it won in Texas and it, it did pretty well in a, a couple national competitions. But like I I equivalented it to basically all right. I'm showing my age here. But, you know, most people my age will agree that Michael Jordan was probably the greatest basketball player ever. Oh, you dinosaur. Yeah, I'm old. <laughs> but anyway, but anyway, in the mid-90s when his dad died, if you've seen Space Jam, which someone reminded me of, he goes and he starts to play baseball. He retired from basketball because his dad wanted to play baseball. Well, I, I equivalent the freaking green battery to Michael Jordan. And, you know, the meta is the Bulls. And, you know... Whenever you're playing the zombie team base and you're winning, it's like beating the Bulls when they don't have Michael Jordan. 
everybody's got a hard-on for all these new batteries, and they don't want to play it. And then, you know, what happens at this latest rock? Oh, wow, Kentucky players actually play the freaking green battery. Oh, yeah. And I mean. it beats the freaking zombie team base. Oh, we you love to see battery. a first, second place zombie team base. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's not strong. I'm just saying team bases have been doing pretty well lately because everyone else is wanting to play the new stuff. Right, I get that, but it's... <laughs> To me, if you want to play new stuff, that's what your local venue is for. If you want to play to win, play Green Battery. <laughs> green Battery <laughs> shuts down a lot, so much shit. Well, green the Battery is fantastic now, too. Because well, the, of, orange is great because it shuts off. If you're playing the Green Battery, you definitely have to play the Orange Battery. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> if you're not playing the Green Battery, that's what you play. You can't, there's no in between. Right. It's green or well, Orange, no other color. Uh, hey, hey, I still well, love Indigo. I do, too. I do, too. I'm the, I'm the dude that's going to play Indigo at some point. But... On the other side of the coin, I recognize that if I get my fucking ass beat, I got nobody to blame but myself. Right. And <laughs> the top four, I was sitting there watching the top four at Big Bang in Owensboro and freaking on one side of the table, green battery and a green battery. On the other side, they were playing two guys with orange batteries and both of the orange batteries came out on top. Yeah. The so orange I mean, batteries. Like, the king's orange... dead. Hail the king. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> much. Like orange batteries shut down a whole lot. But green batteries, there's no team that a green battery doesn't hurt. Because everybody needs free actions in the body. Yeah, if you need at least one sidestep poison for your team to do something, green battery hurts you. Yep. <laughs> I can't perplex twice because of that damn Exactly. Green See? <laughs> now, fortunately, unfortunately, your opponents don't care because they have to power action perplex anyways. Like, it's not a free right. action anyhow. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> Alright, so the next thing I want to touch on, swinging off the sportsmanship thing, is, uh, there was some controversy about the finals at the Big Bang Rock. We're not going to go into details. We're not going to name any names. But we are going to talk about uh, how you should address things if you think you've been cheated and how you should handle that. Because I think throwing a giant temper tantrum and throwing somebody's name out with accusations not really the way to go about it. Um, I don't know how you guys feel. I feel like a report should be filed with Howard, maybe. Um, and outside of that, let them handle it. Because you don't know... If it's just play mistake. Because I've known the guy that they're talking about for a little over a year. And I'm not going to tell you that he's not a dick. Because he kind of is. And I'm pretty sure that he would tell you he's a dick. <laughs> I wouldn't. I can't say that he's a cheater. I've never seen him do anything like that at all. I've never heard him talk about it like that. So, uh, do you guys think that this is being handled properly? Or do you think we should have gone about it another way, dude? Alright, so, basically, it, there's this thing. And every rock you go to, all right? And it's very important, so I want everyone to listen. It's called a judge. That's who you're supposed to ask. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous how many people will sit there. Now, I know there was one instance where what happened was two guys played a game, something happened. A play mistake was made, but neither one of them realized it was a play mistake until after the match was over. Then they asked the judge what was going on, and the judge said, yeah, there was a play mistake made there. You know? And it's like, and then the person who lost got upset about it. And it's like, dude, that's what the judge is there for. If you have a question, even if you think it's... I, there were people who asked questions like, you know, can a guy do something after he's carried with sidestep? Since sidestep's a free action. And it's like, well, no. But just in case, ask the judge. That's what I always tell whoever I'm playing. I'm like, hey, I'm pretty sure the answer's no. I'm about 99% sure the answer's no. But let's call over the judge to make sure. 
Because I don't want something like that hanging over my game. You know what I mean? So it's like, if you think anything is fishy, even for a half second, not even fishy, just if you're not sure that's the way it works or that's the way it's intended, ask the judge, because that's why there are judges at these freaking venues. And, you know, it's like the judge can't directly interfere with the match. You know what I mean? So unless you ask a question, he can't do anything. But the way to handle that, and I know in this particular instance that there was a report filed, and that the Rock Board looked in the report, and they said they talked to the judge at the venue, they talked to both players, and both players had different stories, and they determined that it's one person's word against another person's word. No judge was called to come and do a ruling, so there's really nothing they can do. And if you feel like you've been cheated, that sucks. But unless you're 100% positive that you got freaking cheated, you don't need to be throwing out somebody's freaking name on Realms or Facebook or anything like that and throwing a temper tantrum like a five-year-old. It's like, we're supposed to be adults. I mean, it's just pathetic that people feel like, it's learn how to lose with some grace, man. People lose all the time. Let me uh, be devil's advocate here for a second. Like, it depends on the nature of what happened. I can I can see a difference. Like, let's say you're playing in a in an event, right? And the person you're playing against is playing a new figure. Because sets come out all the time. They're playing a new figure. Nobody has experience playing this figure before, right? Said figure has five clicks. So you run up and hit said figure for six penetrating, but they don't die. But you don't know that because you've never played the piece before. You don't know that they don't they only have five clicks. So you don't you're not aware that you got short clicks. So you lose, you take your loss. Then you go home, and you go and look up the figure on the unit section and find out they only have five clicks. So you, you're you now aware that you've been cheated, but you didn't know that you were cheated at the time because you didn't know the figure. It's not like Brother Voodoo. Everybody knows how many clicks it takes to kill Brother Voodoo. It's a new figure. So what do you do then? Six. <laughs> well, can I? I got a rebuttal if you don't mind. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So here's the thing. I don't know this new piece, right? Mm-hmm. So if I do damage to you, Jason, and I don't know the new piece that you're playing. What do you think the first thing I'm going to do is? What? I'm going to look at your piece and see what its defense is now, and see what its powers are now, and see what click number it's on now. I mean, I know Drew and Eason and Jason have all freaking played me, and the one thing you know that I do is I sit there and I count the clicks out loud whenever I take the damage. Like, one, two, three, four. Okay, there we go. And if they, you know, I mean, it's like, if I do damage to somebody, the first thing I want to do is look and see what they got now. What do I have to, you know, have a strategy for now? I mean, especially if you've played in multiple rocks, or if you've played in any competitions, who sits there and doesn't look? Especially in modern modern clicks, because they have the click number printed, like, right there with the powers. That's true, but here's the rebuttal on that. How many games have you played where you're down or you need to make a play, and you need things to happen fast, and your opponent is just playing so slow that you just need to get to your next turn to be able to try to pull this W out. Sometimes I mean, things get overlooked. I mean, that's true. I'm not going to say that it's not. That but to me I, think, I, think every point, I think the point is, is it's like a double-way thing. Like it's, it's their responsibility to not short-click, but on the other side of the coin, it's kind of your responsibility, at least in the early half of the match, when you're not stressed on time or anything, to, to check and make sure that everything's going properly in your favor. It's just, to me, that's just a smart thing to do. Like, if I don't know the player that I'm playing very well, 
Like, I don't, I'm not going to check my click numbers if I'm playing, like, one of you three. Yeah. But if I'm playing somebody I don't know, I check my click numbers all the time. Right, and, like, I mean, before, I went to Worlds for the first time last year. I'm sorry. And, you know, I was asking for advice <laughs> on, you know, hey, what do I need to know about Worlds? And, like, freaking, you know, Jake was like, hey, give me a call or whatever. And I called him, and he's like, hey, you know, there's some really shady stuff every once in a while that goes on. Like, he said, one time... Like, he dropped something, and he went, like, he had to get up out of his chair and go under the table and grab it or whatever. Well, while he went to go grab it, some dude freaking jacked one of his cards. And then once they started the match, freaking, the dude called the judge over and said that he didn't have a card for all his picks. Wow. And it got him disqualified. Yeah, so, I mean, like, I don't ever see that happen in a rock, but at the same time, it's like, if you're playing somebody you don't know, you don't immediately just trust everything. And all the, all the players that I know freaking double-check everything. And, you know, like me, it's like, do I, whenever I shoot somebody, God, the last thing I want is for them to have shape change. But it's my obligation and his obligation. If he forgets, I have to be like, hey, bro, you got shape change. We'll go ahead and roll that. It's like, I don't want him to roll it. I'd love to be able to be like, ah, oh, I don't have to remind him. I'm going to hit him for six damage. But I do. I'm not a dick. But I mean, I think I, the first thing I would check is the click numbers, man. Yeah. But you don't try to ruin someone's reputation because you feel like you got cheated, especially if you don't have proof of it. Right. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, what do you think about this Um, Well, I hate to, like, make the victim, you know, feel guilty, but it, it, I think it's the player's job to find out when somebody's cheating. And, you know, like, I, I hate victimizing, you know, right, excuse me, pay putting the blame on the victim, but it's kind of your job. And the way I see it is like if I'm hit if I'm dealing damage in any way, you know, I'm I'm checking victims. And because unless I know my opponent, I can't trust them really. I mean you should be able to trust them because you know close community is actually pretty good overall. But you know, if I'm in a competition where I'm powerful, um <laughs> I think I think you should always, you know, be aware, at least, of your surroundings and of who you're playing. Right. I mean, it's like, you don't go riding on a motorcycle, you know, a lot of the time without, like, you don't go riding a motorcycle with shorts and no shirt and no helmet and, you know what I mean, if you're smart. So, I mean, like, you, you just gotta pay attention to what's going on. You gotta look at the click numbers, man. That's what I do. I think everybody I mean, I here... I'm just I'm just making it known that when you're playing in a rock, especially in like either later round when you're trying to qualify or in like top sixteen, a lot of things are going on at at, at one time. Oh no, yeah, sure. and I can understand right. that. Especially if you're feeling stressed for time, you'll start to forget things or you have no idea. Like every game, like if they I, I get like slow played not every game, but like a good sixty percent of my games I get slow played at some point where like my opponent is just sitting there thinking for like ten minutes and I'm like Oh my god! I just need to get this next turn so I can get this five clicks in, you know. And then, then the next turn comes, I get the five clicks, and then the next turn takes another ten minutes. I'm like, oh my god! You yeah. know, I'm trying to get points. You know, no, Jerry, you need to call the judge over. Yeah, I know how that feels, don't I, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, I just, I just want to say there were three podcast groups present at the Big Bang Rod. Yeah, I was and, the only uh, one. Our podcast was the only one who had people who made the top sixteen. What up? <laughs> but I, I still love the other guys, alright? I They're still all love great. the other guys. They're all great. But I'm just saying, we're the only ones who had people who I actually made the cutoff. I especially love the quarry. I, I love what they do because that means I don't have to do it. 
<laughs> I appreciate you guys. Thank you. Yeah, Dan's really awesome at his breakdowns, too, man. Yeah. I feel like I'm there whenever he talks about that stuff. Yeah, definitely. He's awesome. Alright, so we play a lot of 300 Moderns. That's the go-to. Uh, we also play that 300 No Tactics crap, but I'm not going to divulge onto that one. Um, so we don't get to do these a lot, especially the group of us, because we only really meet during competitive play. But what is your favorite non-competitive format? Alright, so this is going to be really weird for you guys, but uh, how many of you guys have actually played uh, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Blitz? Uh, I played them at the Cincinnati Rock, and I hated them with a fiery passion that burns a million suns. Okay, well, anyway, the Yu-Gi-Oh! Clicks rules say, like, um, whenever, a f- like, you have a certain amount of points, and you can never exceed that amount of points out on the map at one time. Okay. But what's cool is, like, you can have a sideboard of figs, so, like, if something goes down, you can bring something else in to fit the situation. Well, at Bang, we've played a couple nights where we play Yu-Gi-Oh! Clicks rules like that, but with Marvel and DC characters. That's kind of cool. It is really fun, because it's like, oh man, this, you know, you killed my brother Voodoo, uh, I'm gonna bring in, you know, this piece now, or whatever. And it's just, it makes it more interesting, because it's like the uh, Avengers freaking table before it existed. <laughs> Right, you know I mean? right, right. So it, I just I really like that format. That and I uh, I really love um, zero range night where everybody has to fight up close. Oh, oh you wow. would that sound like you at all, man? Yeah, <laughs> I love how you fight in an environment you're so not used to. Hey, all I gotta say, man, is you would be surprised how well I do at competitions only because everyone bases their teams around ranged attacks. So it's like, hey, I got a Silver Centurion, and you can't be side blasted or Coldplay, you know? Like, I don't use that shit anyway. Here comes five exploit damage. Yeah, suck it. it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Easton, what's your favorite non-competitive format? Um, so I think probably the one that I fell in love with is like that. So a Dragon Con every year on the last day, after all the competitive stuff goes down, there's a um, there's a format called the Charlie format, and it's uh, it's basically where you have six pieces. And it's all those six pieces basically combined into one long dial. You only have one piece on the board at a time. And you start with a, like a, it's a zero to 25 point piece. Then your second click is going to be 50 to 100. Uh, yeah, 50 to 100. Or, excuse me, 25 to 50. Then it goes 50 to 100, 100 to 150, 150 to 200, and then one giant piece. But there's like a little bit of like no colossus or anything. So like you start and every time you're dealt damage or you take a click or you like you know you roll a crit this you roll the dice and or you roll a single die and whatever die you land on is what character you bring. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so like you know most people bring like you know like the tiny pieces are all mystics or they have flurry something to just get through the other team pretty fast and have constantly changing. But it's, it's a lot of fun. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, it sounds really cool. Uh, Jason, what is your favorite non-competitive format? Not really, because I don't play it in any of those. But I do. I do remember we at our venue every once in a while we'll play um, like a twelve hundred point game where like our judges just play like Sentinels or Horsemen of Apocalypse, and then everybody else just plays like a two hundred point unit. Oh, and them giant handicap matches. Yeah, so it's like everybody against like a huge swarm of like Horsemen or Sentinels or something like that, and everybody only has like two figures. Like, oh, oh. play this. Yeah, basically, yeah. the way to do it, the judges play 1,200 points, and all the other players get 200 points each. And Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then we bring in, it's like a giant war battle. It's actually a we lot play, of fun. 
we played one like that. It was called Night of the Sentinels or whatever, and like it was Master Mold and a bunch of Sentinels, and everybody else brought like a two or three hundred point X Men team, and like it was a prison map, so like a lot of really cool X Men pieces were like in the cells, and if you like got to the cell door and gave a power action to that piece, you could free it. And whatever pieces that you freed during the game, you got to keep at the end of the game. So, like, there's, like, a Chase Colossus in there. It's like, hey, I just got Bing's Force Colossus. Heck yeah. I mean, you pay a little bit to play it, but it's still pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I like crazy off-the-wall formats. Uh, we did one, we were doing Sunday games for a while before I moved. And uh, we used to do a dynamic duo game. And it's really small, so the matches go really fast, but it's so much fun. Crazy, it's a, you got to make a 200-point team. One character has to be over 100 points, and one character has to be below 100 points. The lower-pointed character can use Perplex to target the higher-pointed character, and the higher-pointed character can use Leadership, regardless of oh. their dies. And, and so there's always is always a real fast-paced game. You, you know, normally we get three matches in. You can normally get, like, four or five in the same kind of time frame, because you're not fighting 19, 19 giant armies. But stuff like that is a lot of fun. We played this uh, this one format. Jason made it and we paid for it <laughs> the, uh it was like a ruler like a ruler type format so your main piece had to be a ruler and everybody else got like a generic keyword of that ruler <laughs> so fucking jason over here plays like what was it, ultron yeah from, ultron. <laughs> old hammer thor ultron and he played uh james gordon like a bitch and so everybody on his team's like moving halfway across the map as a free action jim's got oh, a boomstick gordon no uh yeah. Yeah, get one free. Yeah, get these men into position. Yeah, it was all types of keyword exploits. Oh, Jason breaked everybody. I love that guy, dude. I miss him. Yeah, but stuff like that, I, those are the types of things I like. That's a lot of fun. That was like a 600 point silver game, so they had quite a good show. <laughs> but yeah, those those are the types of formats that I enjoy. I don't like this generic number modern ones. Alright, so a lot of a lot of these pieces that we talk about, these super scrolls, these engineers, uh, a lot of them are called broken all time, because some of them are fucking broken. <laughs> but that, that brings to the topic, what exactly makes a piece broken? Because I don't feel like I'm a fair judge here, because as Jason will tell you, I call everything I don't like broken. <laughs> like, oh, that piece does that? It's broken. Get the fuck out of here. I hate it. Get out. <clears throat> so, what do you guys think makes a piece legitimately broken? Uh, I gotta be honest with you, man. I've never been a person to complain a whole lot about a piece, I don't think. Like, um, right now, like, the the last thing I remember even bitching about is the freaking blanket effect of improved movement with the orange battery. Oh, yeah, we were talking about that the other day. Yeah, which I don't want to go into, because if people don't know, I'm not going to freaking tell them. <laughs> they don't You're not going to tell them? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to tell them. That's not what we're here for. Right, yeah, I'm not here to... I got a team idea I want to run by you guys after we're done with this. But anyway, <laughs> freaking... Uh, I mean, I don't really, like, people were complaining about High Father when it came out. And I'm just like, just don't run a freaking tentpole. Run a team with freaking what three or time? four pieces and they're all time. decent attackers and High Father's nothing. Everybody's using uh, Shoemaker time. <clears throat> yeah, I know, exactly. They were all bitching because they were using, I, I mean, Shuma was a little broken, to be honest. I mean, I think everything's, I don't think there's anything, like, broken so much that it can't be beat, but there are stuff that's just like, it's all, it's... Like, Super Scroll is, is really good because he can pick his powers, but there is a potential setback for it. And right. in a tactics environment, he needs a lot of help to be really good. He's got to have an entity because you don't want to hurt yourself picking powers. 
and he's got to have something that gives him willpower because you don't want to push him. So, I mean, he's 170 points, uh, you give him an entity, he's up to 195, and then you have to attach a green battery, so you're at least up to over 200-something points on him. So, I mean, while he is really good and really versatile, I wouldn't call him broken in a tactics environment. Because, like I said, he needs a lot of help. There are a lot of pieces I see where it's like, well, he'd be really good, but he needs a lot of help to be good. Right. I've wanted to play Dr. Fate for two years in a freaking rock, but he needs a crap ton of help to be not squishy. So, as far as, like, broken stuff, I feel like <clears throat> I don't really think there's anything, like, super broken. I, I know people hate Brother Voodoo, or at least used to. Yeah, we do. Um, people like Turtle. What are I despise Turtle <laughs> because he just slows the game down. And I hate playing slow. I don't like, like those 10 broken. minute turns. He's not broken, he's just super gay. <laughs> yeah, he's not broken because he's squishy. You can kill him, but you're going to suffer for doing it. I mean, you can alpha strike him if someone's dumb enough to freaking leave him out there. But but most of the time, they're just going to hide him. Most people that play Turtle have Turtle teams. I, I think the closest thing to a broken piece that I really could bitch about was Iron Pharaoh before he got nerfed. Oh no, Felix Faust not qualify. The thing about Felix Faust is he's just really annoying. I, he's not super powerful. He's not right, a great can attacker. I, can I interject he here? Needs an, huh? Sure. Can I interject here? Yeah, go for it, bro. Alright. To me, what qualifies as a, a piece as broken, to me, is when faced with another option, you have to play the said piece. To stand the best, if, if it's like, well, man, I have to play this because everybody else is going to play it, and I don't want to be the person that gets screwed because I'm not playing it. That's what makes a piece broken. That's, it's, it's like a, a thin line between crutch piece, like Super Scroll, because he's just good and, you know, you just want to play it because you know what it's going to do. Or, or Kyle Rayner. Yeah, you know, Kyle Rayner. is a but, crutch piece, yeah. Yeah, and then there's a broken piece where you're like, man, if I, if I play against a Felix Foss and I can't move or <laughs> attack for like five turns, at least if I play him, they could potentially not attack for five turns either. That's true, yeah. How about uh, Copycat? I think she's pretty broke. Copycat? I mean, nah, I not as bad anymore now there are a lot more batteries out. But nah, like, she's just annoying because she takes your stuff. The only piece that I thought was really broken before Felix Falls came out was probably Iron Pharaoh. It was like, you, you had to go through so many things just to be able to beat him that you had to play him. Oh, yeah. He was, I mean, that one Richmond 2 that I went to, like, freaking four of the top eight teams had Iron Pharaoh, so. I think it it's him like, just being able to shoot through all kinds of stuff and move his yeah, bird it, through it, all kinds it, of things. Very limited answers for 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 it. You yeah. could do such small amounts of things that it, was, it, it qualified as broken. I don't think we're running to, into as many broken things these days because... Uh, as much as I hate the freaking rules forums because I think they make a lot of stupid rulings, um, there's also, they make a lot of rulings quickly. Like with the new White Queen Ellie and how people were going to plan to make, you know, her, two of her on teams with Entity. Yeah, you know, with cool. entities that give her uh, willpower reducers or whatever so she can't be freaking killed. So they kill something cheap on your team and then they just don't die after that. Yeah, I mean. Like that. They they ruled that Lex Luthor. I was about to go ballistic with oh, that. Shit. that. I told I to fuck this guy. And they, but, uh, but I think they're doing a really good job of fixing stuff before it becomes broken. Yeah, because that Lex Luthor's about to change the whole landscape of the game. For like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there are a lot of people thinking about it. My oh, buddy, yeah, this... Mister Freeze, worked out pretty good for me. 
One thing I have to say about being broken is I think no single piece is broken by itself. When right. you it, start combining, it yes. And another thing is they're throwing in so, so many powers right now that can't be countered or ignored, and I hate that. And uh, kind of why I'm, like half through the red Mega Drive, but also I like that that's taking um, a little bit of power away from Pulse Wave because Pulse Wave is like the great equalizer in the game right now. It always always, basically always has been. Right. But, uh, yeah. Just the nerf of Pulse Wave, I think, is, I think it kind of has to do with unbreaking the game. Right. Well, I mean, it also hurts outwit. Right. Because you can't outwit an entity power, you know? I mean, it's, it's just the common, yeah, I think with the combinations you're saying, it can make a piece that's already borderline extremely annoying into just broken. Right after the Iron Pharaoh was probably broken pieces in a while. a problem. I love that they nerfed them like weeks before the Indigo battery became a thing. Right, because like I was just like, haha, suck an Iron Pharaoh Indigo battery. You'll never <laughs> shoot me again! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not really. What do you mean? Like, he, he's on an Iron Pharaoh and just pulse wave you. Depends on the ruling. Because uh, it, it says can't be targeted, just like the Midnight Suns team ability, which they rule can't be targeted by multiple. Correct. So if you can't target, then they're pulse wave. Well, that's about, about to become a lot harder to freaking run here shortly. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so here's here's the other thing I wanted to touch on because this is one of my favorite things that clicks is all the stories about past matches. Jason, if you ever tell that pulse wave story on the show, I'll find you and I'll kill you. Now then, uh, I want to go, what is the most epic thing that you have ever done in a team? Let's start with Dave on this. Oh, oh man. Uh I'm trying to think of like anything I've actually done that's epic. Um, friggin' man, I don't, I don't know. I do epic things on a daily basis. So, <laughs> wow, just ballpark me one, <laughs> What an answer! Oh, I don't know. I should tell the story about fangirl carrying in question and then freaking quaking Jason Allen's entire team. That was pretty oh. epic. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't see that coming. Oh man. No, I mean, that, I was just like, oh my god, he freaking, like, he blasted freaking Fangirl with his Emerald Empress, and she was, like, on her last click, and I was like, oh my god, she is dead, just, she's out of this match, she's, I was like, screw it, we're gonna carry Question all the way up, drop right in the middle of his freaking group, and just freaking have split, take the power action and drop the shit out of that hammer, and then just, after that, man, everything went crazy, it's like, they all went their separate ways, and that was oh man that was the same game where uh like because he had those two enchantresses and like this didn't actually work out my way but it was pretty hilarious because like i'm going to like do some attack and i and i roll a crit hit and like by this time people are actually watching and they're like oh like the whole crowd's like oh my god you know <laughs> hyperventilating and shit oh oh my goodness and then he's like, probability control. And I was like, damn. And I roll again. Boom. Crit hit comes up. Another crit hit. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> and that then everybody's scary. like, Aah! And they're like losing their mind like ten times bigger than what they just did. Like and then he's got a, yeah, and then he's got another freaking enchantress. He's like, probability control. And then I rolled like a four. And I was like, man, fuck you, Jason. <laughs> But it was just pretty sweet. Everyone's like, whoa! Oh, 
Whoa! <laughs> and then they were like, oh. Yeah, I was there for that. That was pretty great. Because <laughs> I, was, I wasn't watching that match at the time. I was in the like the little arcade dining room they got off the cosmic. Oh, my God. And I just heard everybody oh, screaming. Man. And I was like, what the fuck just happened? And I was wondering, what were you thinking whenever you heard that, Easton? Because you were in the top four with me. You were playing that Dubs Iron Man oh. team. I think I was in too much of a state of stress, dude. Like, who <laughs> <laughs> doubled and hit Iron Man? They were like cheering, and he was like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah. So, so you guys want to know something? And I told uh, Jason Alby this the other day, and I just realized it. You want to know what it is? In that match, I could have easily, like, whenever I played the double Iron Man, I could have easily ended that match so much sooner. What I didn't realize is I could have just phased through my own team with Phantom Girl and turned the Book of the Skull off on them. You can do that? Oh, yeah. Yes, any character, any character that she goes through. It's not huh. just enemies. Didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but I was reading her the other day because, like, you know, and I was just like, oh, my God, man. I could have just phased through my own characters and turned off my book for them and freaking punched them like normal and given them regular damage. Oh, that would have been so much better. That was like... The most stressful match I ever watched. Oh my! He rolled out like ten, fifteen freaking yeah, separate instances it was, it of was, damage. It was with so just bad. the train. I felt bad for him ultimately because no one wanted him to win. Now one person. Oh no! Nobody wanted to double Iron Man. Every time, every time he rolled out of the damage, there's like nineteen people standing in a semicircle around Dave and this guy playing. And every time he Iron Man out of the damage, everybody was like, "Oh." <laughs> I bet I would be pissed, dude, if I was playing against somebody and freaking every time I rolled out a damage not to get my hit piece hit, yeah. everybody was mad about it. Yeah, they're like, oh, like, I'd have been you like, know fuck what? all you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was great. All right, uh, Easton, what's the most epic thing you've ever done in the Um, I think I have a couple things here, but um, one to start out with, like back when you know Heroclix was like card and all that stuff. It was like there was a couple figures you always had on a team. That was Black Panther, the rookie Black Panther for Outwit, a paramedic for support, and a Destiny for Frost. Right. So I was playing like I was playing a Dragon Con one year and I was getting demolished. <laughs> but uh, I had done enough damage where maybe by a miracle I could kill like this Batman that he was playing with like it was like 150 points. But uh. The only shot I had was it was rolling a crit hit with Destiny. And Destiny, if y'all don't know, it's, she has zero attack and zero damage. Yeah. And a frog. <laughs> 20 points is just frog. Right. <laughs> I, I hit this Batman with a crit hit on my provocation. And I knocked him off of the building. And Destiny did three clicks to him. Nice. That's the most epic thing I've ever done. And another one, I guess, would be last year's big thing. Being extremely close to beating Patrick. <laughs> I feel like that's just beating Patrick hard enough. <laughs> I, I love think it. Almost beating Patrick <laughs> is pretty cool too. I love it. Patrick is such a beast that almost winning qualifies as epic. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't win, but I was right there. He was playing the, the Phantom Girl handcuff team. Oh, God. And, uh, like, I was down to Ravager, the 80 point Ravager team times with, like, I think she had anger camera on her at the time. And she ran over there, sliced <laughs> Phantom Girl in one turn, ran back over, uh, killed, killed a warbot and like hit the cop car for six. And then she hit the clear and then like she tried to mind control me and she super sensed it. And then like I, then Brother Voodoo super sensed me twice in a row. 
on a float. So. And he mind controlled me, ran or ran away, or ran me away from him, and then ran away in the opposite direction. So I was like, ah, oh, well, I'm never gonna catch you. So. <laughs> so, yeah, can, uh... And then one thing I've seen <laughs> my dad, he uh, at the Birmingham Rock, he did nine clicks in a single attack with Jimmy Clark. <laughs> and he and he not only did he do that, but he one shot it parallax like the uh the one more lively what was it? I think it was the Hal one, the Hal Jordan one. Who takes nine clicks exactly. He pulse waved, crit hit, uh with a burnt ring and electro blast, he had six space, and the crit hit was seven, and he had impact beam for two extra penetrating knockback. So he did nine clicks. It was ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> I, I finally, finally, I've played Howard four times in a rock, and I finally got a win against him. And it was basically because he missed a freaking pulse wave that would have destroyed Phantom Girl in one shot by one. What, he like a like, number six? Uh, yeah, he needed like a, a six and roll a five. And like, it would have killed him. And I was like, God, this is bad. <laughs> Because he, he played it perfectly, man. But, I mean, I got lucky and he missed. And, and then I went undefeated until I played Easton. <laughs> yeah, you had to get revenge for his dad. Right? That's, that's happened two times. Like, <laughs> the, the rocks that I've won, I beat Marshall, who beat my dad, right before me in the top top eight. And then I had to play David, too. That's funny. At least we played when it didn't count, because we were both 3-0. Right. With, like, high-ass points. Because I got to play two Kyle Rainer teams in a row. But it actually that puts was... you off the bracket if you, you know, suck in top 16. Sorry. <laughs> Maybe could have met in the final. You just would have thrashed me. Uh, I, I made a terrible, 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 terrible move in the freaking top 16. Because I practiced my team the same exact way for a month and a half. Alright? And, and the first turn is I always give Phantom Girl scissors. You know, because it's just, so, like, for some reason, I knew I had a good matchup, and I knew that it wouldn't take much to win this, but I went on, like, autopilot, I guess, on first turn, and I, I gave Phantom Girl scissors when I should have given Mr. Freeze freaking a construct. Well, then, Mr. Freeze got freaking nailed with a bulldozer for four, knocked back into a wall to kill him, and I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I freaking did that. So, I mean, it... It was just a total play mistake. I'm not gonna like complain about it because it did. I mean, I in, unless you count this as complaining, I'm just. Easton cheated. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't against Easton. But uh, but uh, I mean, I think the team would have gone really far because, like, I I mean, if if we got time later, I can tell you exactly what I played against because I really I need to apologize to somebody because I got really freaking salty with uh <laughs> one of the Midwest players. And I didn't mean to, but I'll tell you if we got time. So. All right. All right. Uh, Jason, what's the most yeah. epic thing you've done in here? Oh, man. Well, I'm going to go first. I'm going to say the most epic thing that's been done to me in here real quick was actually right. relatively recent. I played Justin Piercy in the first round at Big Bang. <laughs> and, man, he hit me with so much damage so fast, I did not know what was going on. I think it was, like, the most damage I've ever taken in that amount of time in a game of here Because, uh... He was playing um, Thane, and I'm I, every time I've ever played Thane, I've killed him before he got to, to give me damage. So I didn't know how much damage he was actually capable of doing. <laughs> it's a lot. You're gonna learn today. 
like I've never I've, I think the entire time I've been playing my current team I've only been wiped like maybe twice if I lose it's the time I never really get wiped with it man he he hit, he hit my team base for like 16 clicks in two turns Damn. I was like oh my god <laughs> I was like well, hold on, I'm gonna add on this uh the week before that he did 17 clicks in one and then to an entire team in one turn alright what's the most epic thing that ever happened that you ever did in uh in recent memory, the most epic thing I've done was that actually at Big Bang, I was playing against Kyle Cooney, and he positioned a little closer than he he thought that he was safe because I didn't have any movement attack at the moment, and I called out triathlon with uh my magma. Such a great idea, charge. And he, I charged uh question, crit. Oh. He missed both rolls, took four, and then I flurried for the second hit and just killed him. Just straight up one turn. Oh, done. man. It was That's like, cool. surprise, surprise, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> surprise, motherfucker. Yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. After that, it was downhill. Because he just lost the character for free. Oh, my God. Well, uh, technically, he lost the character for, what, five points? Yeah, for five points, yeah. So it wasn't really free, <laughs> but it was five points. <laughs> yeah, I'll pay you five points. You take that character off map for the rest of the game. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I was catching everybody, uh, people with, um, with the ID cards, like triathlon would come in. I killed a, uh, turtle. I played the KC Flash turtle team and I called triathlon out to kill turtle when he didn't expect it. And oh. Like, yeah. Killed him in one yeah. turn. Pretty much. Ha <laughs> die, turtle die. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> My ID card too, too, man. Those ID cards are strong. Well, not all of them, but triathlon <laughs> and Shang-Chi are definitely very, very useful. Right, yeah. I've seen good things. Luke plays with uh, Ronan a lot. I play two or three games with him, and he ID cards Ronan a lot. So. I, well, I don't like him so much. I mean, I like Ronan, obviously, but I don't like it, his cost. It's such an odd cost. It's like 109 or something like that. Right. <laughs> well, he ID cards him in, so you know, I don't think yeah, so, No, but you have to be equal or less, so you have to have a figure, I mean, equal or more. You have to have a figure that's like 109 points of board to oh. be able to. So that that pretty much is your attacker. Yeah, but if you have, but a, I mean, a, a top click triathlon is better than a or Ronin is better than a mid dial, you know, or a late dial attacker, you know. Yeah. Like I'd rather bring in Shang Chi to do some damage than have a a low dial question. Whatever. <laughs> It's true, but remember, the figure also has to have no tokens, so you have you would have had to not attack at all the last time. Yeah. I don't like not attacking. Yeah, yeah. That, that goes against every tenant Dave believes in a hero clip. Exactly. I, I like it on figures that are cheap. Or cheaper figures. You can, cheaper figures to bring in cheaper ID card uh, characters. Do yeah. more attacks. More yeah, actions. Alright. Um, for me, personally, I've done two things that I, I felt were epic at the time. And Jason was with me on one of them. We played a, a tag team game where we did so much damage that our venue changed the rules of how team games work forever. <laughs> Basically, it was my like third or fourth week at my old venue. <laughs> and uh, the team thing is you get to pick your partners. You guys have a week to devise a team. And then everybody plays two on two. So the team we played, I played 300 point Superman. Because everybody, it was a 600 point team game. Everybody had 300 points. I just played 300 point Superman. And then Jason played like a 300 point TK Perplex Support Mystics team, and uh, he played all the special objects. So 
Out of 300 points, Superman, I would, like, run across the battlefield and smash you with a dumpster in your starting area for five clicks, and then you would pass it to me back. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, for the first time we did that, we played against Karsten and our friend, another friend of ours that was there. And, uh, at the same time, both their hands went up, they were like, DODGE! <laughs> and, uh, we destroyed everything. Like, my friend Brandon played Sauron from Lord of the Rings set. He was, like, super hard to beat. I just crushed him with a dumpster. It was, it was really bad. And ever since then, you're not allowed to pick your own partners anymore. So, we changed the rules. That was fun. And then, we were, I was playing Warlight against, uh, Butterscotch Sandstorm. And he was playing Weapon Earth 4 with Adara. Or, with Desko Adara. And that's, you know, I played, I think, Kyle Rayner, because I had energy explosion on my top two. And, uh, I ran in, I did a running shot energy explosion, I critted on Dust Patellus, which the knockback knocked Weapon Earth 4 to his, or the damage knocked Weapon Earth 4 to his stop click, and the knockback hit him into a well and killed him. <coughs> so Ow. I, like, wrecked his whole team with one energy explosion. So that was, that was pretty awesome. Um, Karnas is not on the show, but I heard about some epic shit he did, so I'm gonna give him a shout out right here. Who? Uh, Strawberry Rain. Oh, I okay. I heard about it being too my dad. Yeah, it is. It was bad. Oh, man. That was bad. <laughs> he hit with Gambit's energy explosion and blew everybody's face off, apparently. He said, he said one character survived and he just charged him and killed him the next turn. It was like a three-turn game. Oh, speaking of epic stuff that happened at that rock, in like top 16, my buddy Zach. Now, I'm not sure if this actually works the way it was, but the game was practically over at that point anyway. He was playing Zombie Super Scroll Lydia Blackhand. And he was playing against a zombie base. And friggin' he... Now, I don't know if it works like this, but like I said, the game was well over by the time it happened anyway. But he hit the zombie team base, like, two or three times. And he brought it back. Now, like I said, I don't know if you could do that, but just the fact that he killed the base and was just like, okay, this is my base now. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah, you can do that. I was why you couldn't. <laughs> you never know. But yeah, basically what he did was he killed the base, brought the base back to life, and then flurried the dude's super scroll, because he had super scroll and electro off the base. He flurried the super scroll, killed it, and brought the super scroll back to life. Oh, God. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, by the end of the match, like, he had two super scrolls and a freaking zombie team base versus one zombie electro all by his lonesome. Oh, that's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. All right, guys, we'll come to the part of the show where we get into our audience interaction. Uh, last last episode, we asked everybody, if you could win worlds and make your own piece, what piece would it be, and what would its special power or trait be? So we got a, a couple good answers here. Uh, my good friend, uh, Dan Kirchmar, met him at the very first rock ever, Dan's a great guy. Uh, he said Space Ghost, which is not the answer I was expecting from anybody coast to coast. ever. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, uh, he made, he gave him a, a super scrollish power selection power to respond with his power bands that he has. And then he said at the end of his dial, you give him, like, a stop click called Coast to Coast, and it's something where he can, like, target through... If he's in his starting area, he can target through characters with the celebrity keyword. <laughs> he was on a talk show. <laughs> so I thought that was that was pretty original. I hadn't heard that. Uh, our good friend Will Sobel, he commented and said, uh, Constantine, uh, and the trait he gave was actually kind of nasty. Uh, the trait is, give Constantine a double power action and target an opposing character within range and line of fire who has a game element on their character card. Roll 2d6 and add Constantine's attack value. If the result is higher than the targeted character's printed defense value, KO all game elements on that card. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, right? <laughs> wow. I was, I was like, you oh. just got John Cog. I was like, oh, that's... I thought he was going to beat me basically with a new Constantine. I was like, oh, he's 
he's going to be able to get rid of Entity. And for whatever reason, they decided not to. Right. So that would be great. I I play that John Connor. Yep. Two props instead. And attack power. Yeah. Uh, we heard from Jordan Walls on our Facebook group. Uh, anybody who knows Jordan's not going to be surprised by any of this. He wants a Barry Allen Flash with traded super senses, outwit during hypersonic via this P Force trait. And once you get enough speed force tokens, you'll be able to use probability control. But he didn't say he didn't say anything about improved movement, which I feel like the Flash needs because all the Flashes suffer from that. <laughs> it's like the only thing I would improve there, Jordan. I would make improved movement something. Uh, we heard from Jerry Brown on Facebook. This would be really, really neat. Uh, the Shadow from DC. Uh, this trait says the Shadow can only be targeted by an opposing character if he was made an attack this turn. Oh God, no! It would what? be so bad, but at the same time, if he attacks and misses, you get the fucking shit. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna cut in right here because uh, <laughs> I just got news that my dad won the Tulsa Rock. Really? Oh, did he? Yes, Rats Howard. Woo! Oh man! Oh, what did he play? He played the same team with uh, Banshee, Kitty, Powerpuff, Pumpkin. Oh yeah, really? that's that's awesome. Man. I love that. I love that it'll be up here before it'll be up on the realm. That's gonna be great. So breaking news: Howard won Tulsa. Congrats, Howard! Nice. Right. So. Props to Howard. What was the team, Easton? Uh, Banshee, Jenny Sparks, Predator Attach, Atomica, and uh, Powerful. All right. Awesome. Good job, sir. Uh, let's see. Back to our... We need, like, a live sh- news update. He's <laughs> 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 like, let me break in here. <laughs> back to our previous program. Uh, <laughs> and now back to your regularly scheduled program. Right. Uh, we heard from a Google again. Uh, he said he wants a Night Lantern. It's a... Uh, Apparently it's a half Nick Grayson, uh, half Hal Jordan from uh, an amalgam story that is Batman. Uh, we have traded barrier and energy shield deflection, and he can TK opposing characters and flurry for free if they're placed adjacent to him. Ooh, that would be so sweet. Oh, that would be sweet. I'd like that a lot. That'd be fun to play. I love me some flurry. Yep, flurry is a lot of fun. Uh, we talked to Luke. Luke said that he would make a plastic man because Luke's a big old loser. <laughs> <laughs> Plastic man's plastic man's trait would be at the beginning of the turn. Choose a uh, any of the movement combat symbols that he keeps until your next turn. Um. All right. So, Dave, if you won worlds, what piece would you make, and what would it do? Uh, uh I really want to make a red hood piece, but I guess the one that I would make the most, and I apologize in advance for this one. Uh, I told Drew and Jason this, and I think Easton, but. If anybody knows the story about the Phantom Stranger... Oh, yes! Uh, Bring it! I love this! Do it, Dave! <laughs> Alright, so the Phantom Stranger is Judas from, you know, the Holy Bible. Yeah. So, this means that Judeo-Christianity is DC canon, which means that Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, uh-huh. or can become a hero click. Uh, play so I would make Jesus Christ the ultimate support hero click. <laughs> right, and of Dave. course... Huh? What's he do? All right, so of course he, Jesus walks on water, right? Mm-hmm. So he ignores water terrain whenever he walks on it. He could also turn that water terrain to wine, yeah. and whenever, <laughs> so you get poisoned whenever you're adjacent to it. <laughs> so I mean, uh, let's see. Oh, he cured the blind. So if you can't see someone line of fire, he's got you covered. Power action to Jesus Christ. Now you can see through blocking or hindering terrain. <laughs> I feel like every single one of his powers would be like Bible verses. 
<laughs> oh yeah, right. Just like he he cured the sick, so he's got uh support. You know, <laughs> nice. he's got perplex, probs, and outwit. And he would just cool. he would just be sweet. And I mean, if you wanted to, you could custom mod him into looking like Buddy Christ from Dogma. Or you just can make him a prime. Just make a prime version of him as Buddy Christ. (laughs) But I mean, I just, I don't know. He's canon, man, so you could make him. You could make him. That would be so funny. That'd be pretty sweet. I'd never not play him. I don't care how many plays. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So like I said, I apologize, but that would be really sweet. I'm religiously obligated to play my Lord and Savior in all forms of faith. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, Houston, if you want Royals, who would you make and what would they do? Um, I told, I think I told you and David this, I, I would make a Razon rule. Because, uh, they haven't made, they've never really made a good representation of Razon, in my opinion. Like, the thing you could do with, like, a Lazarus pit trade. So, so oh, like, yeah. yeah, I'd have a Lazarus pit trade where it's like, um, you know, something like, he can, he can keep coming back after he dies, but every time he comes out on, one click shorter than the time before, or something like that. So they can be mm-hmm. really, can do really good representations. Razor Ghoul's pretty powerful. Yeah. Especially with all the hype from them from uh, Era right now. It's so hot. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, the sculpt, I would have him, like, dipping me into Lazarus Pit. That'd be great. That would, that would definitely be sweet. I'd like to see a good Raj. They don't, they don't do a lot of those. Or whatever they do, it's like a thematic Raj that does this one thing that's one of the 900 that Raj does. So he doesn't get covered a lot. All right, Jason, if you want worlds, what would you make? What would it be? Oh, man. It just depends. I mean, I would make a Tim Drake Robin, but it, what it would do would depend solely on what the meta is. Okay. So right now, he would probably either take stuff off off of uh, character cards or he would, he would outweigh traits. One of, the, one of those two things. No, we've needed outweigh traits for like five years. Yeah, he probably, he probably, um, yeah, outweigh traits would definitely be because that's useful even after he like retires out. Like if you're gonna play in Silver Age games, yeah, Trace Trace ain't going nowhere. Alright, uh if I want worlds But Drew hates worlds. Drew does hate worlds. But if I thought that my skills were up to par or they needed to be to win worlds, I would go through the hell and torment of playing just to make these beasts and fuck all your men. Alright. <laughs> I would make a Mr. Terrific. The black guy one with the T spheres. <laughs> and his trait would be called Fair Play. And it's going to say, give once per game, give Mr. Terrific a double power action. For the remainder of the game, even if he is KO'd, every character on the board can only use powers they possess. Well, yeah. Entity says that they can possess that power. No, it says they can use. Yeah. Otherwise, you can outwit it. Yeah, and then his. Yeah. Right All his white powers <laughs> would be the first set of white powers ever that would be like, Mr. Terrific possesses blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. Be the first one for a while is just like, I possess. Screw I, you. I don't yeah. think I've ever seen one that says possess before. Yeah, his 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 defense power would be like, Mr. Terrific possesses super senses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that way he doesn't nerf himself out, but that shuts down nice. every resource in the That'd game. That'd be kind of cool. That shuts down entities. That shuts down okay. super scroll. That shuts down engineers. That's just down 99.9% of white power. And a good portion of traits. That takes us right back to like hero clicks seven years ago when all you had was your die. So that is what I would make because I hate the meta with a fiery passion for his million songs. I would, I would, I would, that's worth playing. Honestly, I would, I would love that. Yeah, I'd make him a beast too. He, he, 
you have his first click would be garbage. You'd be like an activation click. Right, right. The activation is double power. Yeah, so that you could double power him, and then once you get him to his double power, that's when all his good shit comes up. Oh, click two? Welcome to the game, boys. He'd be awesome. So, if anybody out there listening to this show wins worlds, and you want to make that piece, I'm not even going to want credit for it. You just put it in the game. Put it in the game, and I'll love you forever. You can have it. 100%. It was your idea. I don't care. Just make it. I'm begging you. I'll get on my knees and grovel. Make it. Now, what would you do, what would you do like, as a sculpt? Uh, as a sculpt, I'd, it would probably be me facing off against him. Ooh. On my scope, it'd be, uh, Tim Drake hit me with his stab. I'd be dressed up like a hand ninja. I mean, a uh, League of Assassin's ninja. Oh, God. Yeah, just like he's <laughs> fighting in that story. A black, a black League of Assassin's Yep. Right? That'd be great. Just be you in a green League of Assassin's outfit? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for anybody who doesn't know Jason personally, it's, it's, he wears green for all occasions, every situation. I went to this man's wedding, he had a green hat. Alright. It's green everywhere. <laughs> so, so that's where that joke comes in. <laughs> all right, guys. So, our audience interaction question: If you guys want to get on the show next time, shout it out like all of our good friends did today. Our next audience interaction question was: Why do you love Hero? What is it about the game that keeps you playing? Because as much as we all bitch, we still play, and we bitch a lot. So we gotta love it for some reason. So why do you love it? Uh, I want to thank Dave and Jason and Issa for being with us today. Uh, check us out on YouTube, check us out on SoundCloud, check us out on iTunes, check us out on Stitcher Radio. We're all over everywhere. We'll be on the realms. Definitely get a hold of us. Check us out. Listen to all the episodes. It's going to be great. Appreciate you guys being with us. Have an awesome day.